Hello, Tudor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is intelligentsia. Yesterday, I met my favorite in the palace garden. My favorite and I took refuge behind a statue of Venus for a few moments of lover's prattle. And yes, I shall say it, a kiss or two. Imagine my distress when I returned to the palace and was summoned to Her Majesty, who dealt me such a tongue-lashing sum. Duplicitous intelligencer had reported my amorous meeting to the Queen. Intelligencer? How now, Tudor Files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with our own Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. Jessica reads a chapter of Time's Riddle, and then my dear friends discuss the history behind the mystery. How diverting. So subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Join us. I'm actually very nervous that you were in trouble with the Queen Philadelphia. Who do you think reported on you? I believe the intelligencer was one of my fellow ladies-in-waiting. All seek to make a friend of the Queen by bringing bad reports of her fellows. Well, I bet they do. We think of the word intelligent as something very positive. It's associated with smarts and knowledge. But in the Tudor period, intelligencer was a nasty word for spy. It did not have positive connotations at all. No, it was an insult. How do you spell it, Philadelphia? It is spelled I-N-T-E-L-L-I-G-E-N-C-E-R. Intelligencer. The use of our Tudor word comes from The Duchess of Malfi by John Webster, which was probably written around 1612. John Webster was the co-author of a comedy that we've already talked about, Anything for a Quiet Life. But he was the sole author of The Duchess of Malfi, and it is a tragedy. Oh, it is. I believe by the end of the play, at least ten souls have been foully murdered. Webster was probably born near London around 1587 to a carriage maker father. The play was first performed by the Kingsmen, which was Shakespeare's company, at the Blackfriars Theatre, which was a more intimate indoor theatre, and then outdoor at the Globe Theatre for a larger audience. Like other playwrights of tragedies of the period, he was very influenced by the tragedies of the ancient Roman playwright Seneca. So Seneca wrote tragedies like Phaedra, Medea, Oedipus, which were all full of despair and death. But in Sinecan tragedy, the chorus comes out and recounts to the audience about the bloody scenes that happen off stage. In Elizabethan and Jacobean tragedy, bloody scenes happen on the stage. Tis so. And for that reason, many of my fellow courtiers consider the English stage to be inferior to the ancient. Too much sensationalism and cheap thrills with bloody deeds. I think some people in our time still think that. Slasher movies are very popular, but maybe they're looked down on, not great art. Yeah, The Duchess of Malfi is set in Italy, and Webster's play was loosely based on the tragic life of a real Italian duchess. What happens in the play, Philadelphia? The beautiful and brave Duchess of Malfi is a young widow whose brothers, her twin Ferdinand and her other brother, the Cardinal, are determined not to allow her to marry again because they are full of avarice and desire her fortune for themselves. However, she falls deeply in love with her steward, Antonio, 
and though he is far below her in station, she marries him in secret. With him she bears three children. When the brothers find out about their sister's secret marriage, they vow vengeance on her, and by the end of the play all are dead. The brothers, their henchman, Antonio, the duchess, her worthy maidservant, and two of the duchess's three children. There is one son that is left, and he comes at the end of the play to claim his mother's fortune. The brothers in the play are just evil. Their desire to control their sister is never really justified, and their revenge on her is totally insane. And we've talked about this in other episodes, because we have the Jacobean tragedy element of madness in this play, too. Because by the end of the play, Ferdinand, the Duchess's twin, believes he's a wolf, and he starts to dig up graves. He's a werewolf. A horrifying, unholy monster. The play is suffused with corruption, greed, cruelty, violence, and duplicity. And the most violent of them all is Bosola, a vile, dishonest intelligencer who spies on the Duchess and betrays her. But our word of the week comes from a speech of Antonio's. Indeed it does. Antonio is talking about the Duchess's evil brother, the Cardinal. And he says, The spring in his face is nothing but the engendering of toads. Where he is jealous of any man, he lays worse plot for them than ever was imposed on Hercules. For he strews in his way flatterers, panderers, intelligencers, atheists, and a thousand such political monsters. He should have been Pope, but instead of coming to it by the primitive decency of the church, he did bestow bribes so largely and so impudently as if he would have carried it away without heaven's knowledge. The cardinal is evil, and he's unholy. He has a mistress who he poisons with a Bible. Wow, that's a bit of 16th century anti-Catholicism, isn't it? <laughs> yes, actually, I read that after the performance at the Globe in 1614, an ambassador for one of the Italian states actually complained to the king about the place stirring up anti-Catholic sentiment. Well, the religious situation in England was very tense, and it was really tense all across Europe at this time. I mean, there's no doubt to me that Webster was cashing in on that by dramatizing a story like that of the Duchess of Malfi, set in Italy, in a Catholic country, with corrupt religious figures and their flatterers, panders, intelligencers, atheists, and a thousand such political monsters. I think there was an offshoot of New York Magazine called The Intelligencer, and it was sort of a gossipy, fun magazine that detailed the goings-on around town. And it just really shows you that the connotation of our word of the week has really changed. Indeed. There is nothing diverting about an intelligencer, especially when they report one's amorous tete-a-tetes to the queen. So give heed to the files. Bring some 16th century source to your vocabulary with intelligencer. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like.